0: Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to this episode of She Coaches Coaches. I am so glad you're here. I've got a special roundtable episode just for you. I gathered together a group of experts, each with a lifetime of experience, and asked them one question. Then I compiled all of their responses, so you're getting a whole bunch of responses and individual takes on one questions. This stuff is pure gold. I really enjoyed my conversations. All of my guests have such diverse perspectives. You're going to want to listen carefully to what they have to say. So this is the question. Tell me about a time that you experienced imposter syndrome and what did you do to get over it? So imposter syndrome, This is in the news a lot these days, and it is so incredibly common for coaches and entrepreneurs to experience this. I have a different perspective. Here's my thought. We think that imposter syndrome is something to be solved, and usually we experience this kind of self-doubt when we get to the next level, whatever level that may be. Now, new coaches might suffer from imposter syndrome, and then they get started, they sign some clients, they begin coaching, and they make money, and they think they've got it beat, only to find out that they've signed a client who is super successful, and that person wants their help. And it might start all over again. The imposter syndrome has them asking themselves, who am I to be coaching this incredible human? They are so successful. They're going to find out I'm a fraud, a fake. And that imposter syndrome raises its head again. I've experienced this so often myself. Every time I get to a new level, you've heard that saying, right? New level, new devil. Well, imposter syndrome is kind of like that. One example is this podcast. Not this particular episode, but the early episodes. I am so fortunate to have many loyal listeners And I thank you for being here. And I found that when I was starting, I spent a lot of time in my head thinking, you're no expert. Who are you to be sharing this? They're going to find out you're a fake. And it went around and around and around in my head. And in fact, I even delayed recording my first episodes because of this. I got over it because my coach said to me, Candy, who are you recording this for? And I replied, coaches, of course. Then they reminded me that I've coached hundreds of people and I've coached for thousands of hours and that most of my clients stay with me for a long time because the work we do together helps them. So then my coach said, so don't you think that there are people who aren't your clients yet who could benefit too? Well, that was it. I pressed record. And now here you are listening. That's my story. Now let's hear from the other experts. Wendy, I have another question. Can you tell me about a time that you might have experienced imposter syndrome? And then what did you do about it? What
1: did you do to get over it? So as a female engineer, I've had lots of opportunities to have imposter syndrome and somehow it never hit me until I started writing a book. (laughs) And when I started to write Making Flex Work, Every bit of imposter syndrome that I didn't know I had came raining down on me. I forgot that as a part of my career, I had been writing every day. I was writing communications. I was writing technical documents. I was communicating very complex ideas. But this idea of putting my name on a book and having it published is very exposing. There's no team to hide behind. There's no moment to be able to undo or unsay or fix. It's there forever. And I really needed to find a safe space. So for me, as someone who didn't think she knew how to write, it meant finding people in my life who I trusted their ability to manipulate the English language and feeling very vulnerable with them and saying, can you try it out? Can you read it? Um, It also meant that I got... I made myself a commitment to get onto social media and create new content once a month, which then turned into every other week and then turned into once a week as I got more and more comfortable um, putting content out there. And then the last step was letting my husband read it. And I know that sounds crazy and he is my biggest cheerleader. And yet grammar is his thing. And so being able to hand him a finished manuscript right before it went to the copy editor was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And he embraced the challenge, went and got some stickers from my daughter's arts and crafts and put little hearts all over my manuscript on parts he liked.
0: Oh, nice. I love it. And so here's what I heard is that at one point you it didn't really become a thing. Imposter syndrome wasn't a big deal for you in your career. And then when the writing happened, there was something that was really vulnerable, um, exposing. I think you were to use that word exposing. And that was the thing that started it. And so I also heard that you took steps, but did you do something differently internally to help you think differently about imposter syndrome? That's a good
1: question. I definitely had to give myself a lot more grace. I I wouldn't say that I'm a perfectionist, but I definitely have a very high standard of quality for myself. And those very few first social media posts, I would spend hours tweaking the words and making sure it was just right. But then I had to really just give myself grace that it's not going to be perfect and it's going to be okay. And that being vulnerable is authentic, and that's okay.
0: Right. And in fact, not okay. Actually, I got to say, I don't agree with you, Wendy. Being vulnerable is not okay. Being vulnerable is the only thing like that's the place where we really deeply connect right and Absolutely. so when and so when you took that step like even though your husband is a, is you know really supportive and encouraging and all that but you took that vulnerable step and shared the manuscript with him like that's everything think of i, I can only imagine how that has created a different connection for you together right it really has yeah it really has Ah, it sounds so great. I love it. I love that you did that. And mm. those
1: little hearts. I mean, he knows my Ugh. love language, right? Like he figured it out. So he's...
0: You need to take one of those pages and frame it.
1: Oh, I have the whole I have the whole draft manuscript in a file cabinet. Like with ah, it's a, with, perfect. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Every ah. heart sticker.
0: So Susan, I have a question and it's about imposter syndrome. I found that imposter syndrome is really rampant among coaches and online entrepreneurs. Could you share a time that
2: maybe you've experienced this and what did you do to get over it? Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm in the financial industry and, and combining that with life coaching and um, you often are coaching what you also need to learn. And it's kind of an interesting irony, but it feels hypocritical at times. And you feel like an imposter, like, oh, I should have all of this perfect before I'm trying to teach it to somebody else. And it's like, no, you do. You still know how to teach it, and know how to help somebody else through the situation. But doesn't mean you necessarily have all your ducks in a row. And that's happened to me financially, you know, where I've I've had, um, Points in past years of high debt that I had to clear. and it's not I certainly wouldn't advise the clients to go into high debt or anything else. I would take care of that myself, but I could certainly advise them um what they needed to do.
0: Mm, yeah. And also, oftentimes I'm assuming your clients are, you know, a step back, a step or two back, you know, like you're a step or two ahead of them in the journey. And so you you might be going through that same learning again, but it's at a different level. It's at the next level. Mm -hmm. It's not at the level that they're at. And so I, I kind of think that it's even more helpful when our clients know that we're not perfect. We're not like, we don't have everything all together because then we're human. We, we can understand what they've gone through, right? Instead of just being a robot that sort of says, do this, do that. And, you know, there's no connection.
2: Well, and the client will feel like something is wrong with them if they can't do it, but I could do it. But if they know that, yes, I've had difficulty also doing it, then and they understand my struggles and what I've been through. And I will tell them that. I will share the information with them. And, you know, they can realize, yes, there are struggles. And everybody's going to have their struggles to get through. But, you know, we're all human, yeah, including the teachers.
0: Let's talk about imposter syndrome. Can you tell me a time that you experienced imposter syndrome? And what did you do to get over it?
3: I think I still experience imposter syndrome, even now when I'm sitting here with you, because Um, when I started the business, I thought, you know, I have this admin background. All I'm going to do is to work behind the scenes because I thought the stage is only for those glamorous entrepreneurs or for the extroverted people, for the loud ones. And I am an introvert. I am a good listener. I do not talk much but I love having deep conversations with my friends or with the people that I know where I feel comfortable. So it was hard for me. I remember a client of mine uh, invited me on her podcast and I said no, because this is how terrified I was. I thought, well, who am I to be on her podcast? What am I going to share? And then... What I started doing was to join networking events and, you know, they those that had breakout rooms. And initially, I was always the last to speak because, I don't know, I was waiting for the entrepreneurs who are professional speakers to speak first because I thought that, I don't know, maybe what I have to share is not interesting. Maybe it's too boring. But the more I did it, the more courage I got. And then I allowed myself to experiment. And I think this is the thing that helped me the most. Because when I allowed myself to do that, then I was able to get the coaching that I needed And actually, the same client that I mentioned, she, I was in her program. And then at the end of the program, she invited three of her students to be on her guest. And I felt so easy to do that because I knew her. It was always so easy to have a conversation with her and I had just a friendly conversation. So then I you know, gave my brain the evidence that, you know what? Even if I'm an introvert, even if I'm shy, I can do this because I love having conversations with people and I love helping other people. And I got to even host my own audio summit And that was a great experience. And then now I said yes to writing a chapter in a book. Actually, this year, I decided that I'm going to say yes to every opportunity that is going to help me as a person and as a business owner, because as you mentioned, we cannot separate this.
0: Right. Thank you. That was really great.
3: So, Nancy, I have
0: a question for you. When is a time that you've experienced imposter syndrome and what did you do to get over it?
4: Imposter syndrome. I think that when I was first starting out, definitely there was that fear and I felt like an imposter. Um, And it wasn't until I had a few coaching clients and realized I really was helping people that I you know, the fear went away. And I, you know, I realized I had something valuable to bring to the table. And I was doing what I set out to do. But in the beginning, it is scary. Um, you know, no matter how much you go to school, no matter how much you think you're prepared, you don't feel prepared in the beginning. It's kind of like driving. You know, you really don't learn to drive a car until after you have your license, and you're actually driving the car. So just jump in. Um, you have something to offer, even if it's just A listening ear. Um, You know, one of the mantras of coaching is the fact that the client knows a lot of the answers and your job as the coach is to ask the right questions. So even if that's all you can do in the beginning, there's a great service in just letting people be heard because we don't listen and we don't have a lot of that in the world today. So even if that's all you can do and lend an encouraging word, you're still going to make a difference in somebody's life.
0: Yeah, very much. Very much so. Monique, can you tell me about a time that you might have experienced imposter syndrome? What did you do to get over it?
5: Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. How do I choose? I'm the same way. <laughs> I think I'll start by saying something that I heard at a, a mastermind event that I was at a few few a few weeks ago. He said, if you're not experiencing imposter syndrome, odds are you're a sociopath.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I laugh, but you know, I think it's true. (laughs) I,
5: (laughs) I think so too. Um, I, I just experienced imposter syndrome, actually, if I'm truthful, I was a a guest speaker on the main stage here at Potapalooza. And there was a speaker that is somebody that I greatly admire, and is an amazing speaker trainer. And I, and I spoke after him. And I started telling myself all of these things about, like, what do I have to offer? He's so amazing. He said it all, basically. And then the first thing I did was take a deep breath. And I reminded myself that although there are many people that can speak to training speakers or mentoring speakers, none of them are Monique. And so what I have to offer is my life experience and my way of saying it. And I just reminded myself of that, took a deep breath, and I went and I did my thing.
0: <laughs> and we don't know who needs to hear it our way. They mm-hmm. may have heard that same message a dozen times, but then when you said it, they heard something slightly different. And it's in that little tiny piece, right? That you yes. can just you can hear it so differently. And so you Absolutely. showing up as yourself with your experience, your message, and getting out of and getting out of your own way,
5: right? Absolutely. Because when we're experiencing imposter syndrome, odds are We're making it about us and not about the audience and the people whose lives you might transform just with your voice or your Mm. talk.
0: Yeah, well said. So Mia, I have another question for you. Can you tell me about a time um, that you've experienced imposter syndrome, if you do, and what do you do to get over it?
6: All right. So I'm going to take you back to that time (laughs) when I don't think I was claiming the fact that I was a coach yet. I wasn't sure what I was, but I've always been an entrepreneur. So I started off as a graphic designer. I had a graphic design firm for a long time. And as I stepped into this role, I think I had already had coach training and somehow I ended up on this path to write a book. So I wrote a book and I decided that, well, first, and then the book became bestseller. And then I decided that I was gonna take my three then grade school-aged kids out of school. This was like seven or eight years ago. So it was before the pandemic, out of school for a year. (laughs) And we were gonna go on a book tour. I thought this was a great idea. (laughs) I don't know like where that came from, but I thought it was a great idea. So uh, we did it. Um, And I just remember this point where my husband looked at me and he's like, is this really worth it? (laughs) It was like four weeks before. And I was like, no. And I had a publisher who was like, getting me on TV spots. And I had a like team member who was booking me at more like conference type things. And then I had taken on responsibility for getting booked at schools. Cause at the time I was doing a little bit more around parenting um, and, and food and wellness. And the book was called plan simple Meals, So it was more about family dinner than exactly what I do right now. And so I was like, so I'll, I'll get in all these schools. And at the time he asked me this no one was saying yes. So I had like three or four schools booked. I had thought I would have like 40. And I was like, shoot, who am I? (laughs) Like, who am I to take my kids out of school for a year and go on this book tour? This makes no sense. And I think it was really important for me to acknowledge that imposter syndrome, like that this is what it was because from that place, I was able to be like, okay, Mia, like this isn't real you made this choice. A lot of things have gone into place, like what's missing, what's the next step. And it was really interesting because I had, I had picked up the phone so many times to call all these schools. And it was kind of like, if you got the right administrative assistant who had had an issue with like food or dinner, then you would get sent to the next person, but not every administrative assistant had had this experience or even probably had kids for that matter. And so, um, I just had this like quick idea to go into this Facebook group. And I did one post and literally within 20 minutes, I had hundreds of replies from my, I the people I wanted to talk to from the schools I had called. Like, so from all the schools I had called, but they were parents, they weren't the school and they all got me booked. So then all of a sudden within like 15 minutes, I had this thing. So it was, it was really important to recognize that it wasn't real and Mm -hmm. that it was imposter syndrome, and that I, you know, if I got centered for five minutes and figured out, like, what's, what is this showing me? And it showed me.
0: That thing, you just said it, and you said it in the first question as well. Let me just find it just a sec. It's the, you had this idea, like, it just kind of popped into your head, right? So you center yourself, is it a knowing that you get or did you hear something? Like there is something special about that that you've brought up that I think that we can all learn from.
6: Yeah, I'm a big um, proponent. It's part of our planning process that we now have. I'm a big proponent of a pause Mm. and just stopping for long enough for that knowing to come in. And sometimes it's like a strong but firm voice, go do this thing. And sometimes it's just like, I look up and there's my inbox and there's like a message and it's like, oh, that's the one I'm supposed to click on. So I don't feel like it always. And I feel like it's different for everybody. I ask this question of many people now. <laughs> um, so I feel like it's a little bit different for everybody, but the important part is that you stop long enough and allow yourself just even if it's for like 10 seconds, maybe, maybe 20 to drop into calm like to not be nervous or fearful or overwhelmed just for like a few seconds so that you you're actually creating space.
0: And it's not about stopping activity. It's about allowing the pause like this to come to a place of space, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that.
6: I mean, some really... people might get it on a walk. I mean, talk about activity. Like, I mean, usually we yeah. have to pause writing or something, you know, like usually we just have to stop ourselves for a minute, but, but you could surely be driving or, or walking or showering or sometimes the places where people have enough pause that they get ideas. Yeah. It's not
0: the external activity. It's the mental act. It's the mental yeah. shift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, oh, Thank you for that. That's so cool. So Elisa, I have a question for you. Tell me about a time that you experienced imposter syndrome and then what did you do to get over it?
5: I would say that this was with
7: my family when I wanted to talk about being a coach and that I was being a coach and starting my own business because I felt like they didn't really take it seriously or, or that it's, but yeah, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of their support. And so I really felt that, um, a bit of an imposter with that, you know, cause I was just little Lisa and, you know, I'm not really capable of anything and I'm just a girl. And so what she's doing this thing and like, what is coaching? I don't even know what that is. And like, you know, it's like, kind of like, she even had that too. Cause like a lot of my career was in um, software development and technology. And so when I think of like my mother, who's now 80, she's like, what do you do? Like, There's no idea what that even is. And so even that was not a career with her. And I had to really be like, this is the thing. And actually I'm quite successful at it. And so it's the same with coaching. I really, and I, because I was talking to my friends about it and my circle, the people that that positivity were talking about, they all knew about it. But with my family, I really was like shy and held back and, and, uh, and didn't want to tell them everything about it. Um, But I did it anyway. Um, I did just tell them, uh, you know, I listened to, uh, like my coaches talk about like imposter syndrome, and what that's like. And I knew that I just like needed to remember my why and know that this is like my passion, something like I really want to do. And, um, and I thought about things that they might say, right. Like, you know, I suppose I can think of my mom being like, well, why would you leave a good paying job for this thing that we don't even know? Like if it's going to go and you know had 97% of businesses fail. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, I just knew that that was all going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I think that was, it was with my family I felt the most uh, as an imposter.
0: It's interesting, right? Because they love us, and so often these things that they say are just because they're a little bit scared for us, right? And they're not familiar with it, and so they don't know any different. And they also have the, you know, all that knowledge of their interpretation of who you have been for a chunk of your life. This yeah. thing that you said um, about. Like, why would you leave a good paying job, you know, to go and do something like this? And that really speaks to our society that says that, you know, get a good job with good pay and you're okay, to quote a Pink Floyd song, right? But what we forget is that we could get laid off from that job at any time, in a moment's notice. For no reason other than that they just needed to cut some people and there you go. So it really isn't safe and secure to have that job. But as an entrepreneur doing what you do, remembering your why, you might have to go and get a part-time job sometime or do some contract work to make ends meet. But you're never going to give up because it really matters to you, right? So that's the deepest Sense of security that we have. What do you think about that?
7: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And it and you really need to remember that. Maybe that would be one another piece of advice that that we could have (laughs) is that you should, uh, yeah, really, yeah, remember remember your why and why you're doing it, and it's your passion, and that and that is worth it. You know, like think about how much we work and how much time we spend on that. That if you're doing in something that just you know, or it's it's just fine. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not like giving you anything other than money and some security and that maybe we were talking about, there may not even be security. So yeah. Um, Yeah. And another thing actually I was, I forgot to mention about the imposter syndrome was um, that my, older brother is has a psychology degree and my older sister also did psychology in school and she's now a nurse. And so I felt very much as an imposter with them because coaching is not a degree yet. Mm -hmm. It kind of, some people sort of group it in the same sort of kind of uh, industry, if you will. And I remember being very much like, ah, he must think that this is a joke. And what happened? He actually, I feel like we are having better conversations. Because I can talk to some of what he knows and we very much, he respected it actually. And, and thinking about it, he's always been my biggest champion and I don't know why I was concerned about it, but, um, but now we can talk about stuff. And so he brings like, you know, his knowledge and I can talk about what I know and it's not a competitive thing. And actually I feel like our, our uh, relationships gotten closer because of it.
0: Oh, that's so great. And you never know, like, you know, it could go anyway, it could. And it's not an either or, but it's just so wonderful to hear that it's deepened your relationship instead of pulled, you know, create a distance for you. Oh, that's so great.
7: Yeah. And with my sister, she like made the point, she's like, well, it's interesting that, you know, we have both come like coming out of like, you know, a childhood with our same mother to um, get to a place where we want to serve people. And that kind of gave it this common ground because we never really had that before. And that strengthened my relationship with her because now it's like, oh, yeah, like this is like we never realized that we both wanted to do that. It was interesting that we're both in a a position of wanting to help.
0: I have a question for you. Could you tell me, do you ever experience imposter syndrome?
8: When I uh, actually, I didn't really know what that was, and I really didn't understand how it affected you until I set my outrageous goal in 2022 on New Year's Eve to be um, a best-selling writer. And I didn't know how that was going to look out. I just knew that I had a story and it had to come out. And honestly, within four days, the universe sent me someone that invited me into a compilation I wrote that just on the fly in a day and sent it off. And one month later, I was a best-selling author. I've done that five times now with compilations, and I'm three-quarters of the way through writing my own book. Every single time I sat down for the first two times, I thought, I'm not a writer. Who am I to be doing this? Who's going to listen to me? What have I got to say that's of value? And the feedback that I've received and the validation that I have something real to share has allowed me to actually step into my storyteller power for the first time. I've always been a storyteller. I didn't know that. That felt like an imposter syndrome moment to me. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I love that, you know, that we all experience it from time to time, or I'll say 90% of the world does. Um, And then just remembering that you had something to share. And there's also, there's something else that you didn't get into, but I think that there's something really interesting that you put down this goal. I don't know if it's a goal or a vision or a, you know, like a larger purpose, and then the universe brought it to you. Right? Like it's just that quick that it was ready to come to you. Yeah. That's pretty miraculous.
8: I think that's understanding the power of I am. I never set a goal with by saying I will. I declare it as already complete. I am, which in every language, however it's translated, is actually the name of God-godding. So when you express I am, you are actually God-godding, saying what you have already created. It exists in the field of infinite unity. And so anytime I set an outrageous goal, I declare it as an intention that is already complete. So my first goal, intention for 2022 was I am a best-selling author.
0: Mm. And in that declaration, it can't help but become real, right? It already is in the field. And there's something, this is something, Like I talk to people about imposter syndrome all the time. And what you just said just struck me a little bit different in that as you declare it, the I am, as opposed to the I will, or I hope to, or I'd like to, In that you really come right to the heart of where imposter syndrome often hits us, right? In that you have declared this larger version of yourself. And, you know, if we can imagine it and we desire it, we know that we can create it. So, right off the bat, that's almost the very first step about imposter syndrome, right? So, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for joining me for this special Roundtable episode. I was so pleased to interview these amazing experts who each bring such a wealth of experience. Tune in next week. I've got more exciting episodes coming your way. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.